We will be finishing the story of, uh, not the story of Luke, uh, Jesus' story, but the book of Luke today. All right, we're gonna pick it right up in chapter 24 and verse 36. So let's read together. While they were still talking about this, so the ladies have run back. They've told them what's going on. The guys at Emmaus have found Jesus. They have eaten with him and their eyes have been opened and they recognized him. And they went to tell the disciples what they had seen. And everybody's trying to deal with what they saw, okay? Well, did we see what we think we saw? Are our minds playing tricks on us? Are our hearts yearning? And what, uh, yes, I believe, I, you know, they're, they're in this real, um, strange place where they know, but they don't know and they think they know and some have seen and some have not seen and how do you know? And all of this conversation is going on. And while they were still talking, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Say to them, the unsettling is done. Say to them, the discussion doesn't have two sides anymore. Say to them, the conversation isn't one way or the other. I can bring peace to you because the truth is I'm not dead. Peace to you because I have risen. And guess what, church? That's the reality of life in Christ. You can have peace because he's risen. You can have hope because he's risen. You can have joy because he's risen. You can overcome because he's risen. That moment where he stands among them, sets him apart and peace stands with you. They were startled and frightened and thought they saw a ghost, okay? Probably one of the most honest verses in all of scripture. And because of the way the next paragraph plays out, literally a lot of the things we see or do on television or in the movies can help us kind of comprehend their feelings. He said to he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? Well, you died. You didn't just died. You died on the cross. They stuck a spear through your spleen. They cut you open. They put you in a hole. They covered it up. We saw it. And your first question is, what's wrong? Have you ever just wanted to be that honest with Jesus? Some of my favorite parts of the scripture are when people ask super dumb stuff. You know? Jesus does it a lot. Remember the pool at Bethesda? Guy been laying by the healing pool for 36 years or something like that. Jesus walks up to him and says, hey, you want to get well? No, sir. Thought I'd just lay here. All these people around trying to get in. Wheelchair folks get there a lot faster. 
Jesus comes back from the dead, stands in a room full of people and says, why do y'all look like you've just seen a ghost? Well, listen to me. One of my favorite parts of this is we have forgotten how to be honest and open and forthright and speak to Jesus in a way that is just real. I am not saying be irreverent, but there is a massive difference between irreverence of the heart and sometimes the irreverence of being a human being, right? You know, I, I was talking to your teenagers, all right? Listen to me, everybody hear me out. I'm gonna tell on y'all, but I'm gonna help you too, right? And the teenagers were like, why do our parents get on us and say, say things like, why you gotta be smart? Why you got smart mouth me? Sometimes I'm not even mad at them at all. I just answer. Well, <clears throat> it's because you answer with that look on your face, all right? But at the same time, most of us as parents are frustrated because we have teenagers, right? And you got some anxiety build up. You got some anger build up. You got things going on and you're mad about something they don't even know you're mad about. And then they smart off and you don't want to hear it from them. So you get on them. Sometimes they're not even smarting off. You're just getting on them. It's both and. Y'all need to talk that stuff out. But listen, some of us are teenagers before our Godfather, right? God, the father, not Godfather. All right, different thing. And sometimes you just need to talk to God as if he knows. You don't need to pull the heavenly father. I use my best language from the earliest of scriptures to beseech thee. You know what I'm talking about? Throw on your big words and hope Jesus, you know, comes down in a cloud, right? No, sometimes you just got to get real. Sometimes you get, got to get like David with God, you know? In so many words, David said, after a long time of praising him, where the are you? And finally God speaks and he goes, <laughs> waiting for you to do that? Why? because you've been writing all these Psalms and all these joy to the world things and you are ticked off at me in your heart. You know what I want? I want you to be real. Sometimes God just wants us to be real with him and stop faking it. That's when we'll know him. Sometimes he wants to lean into your ear and go, <laughs> that. You act as if I don't know what you're thinking. You act as if I don't know what you're feeling. I know all the things. So why don't you stop playing church and let me change you to change the church? And we have a gut honest conversation going on here, right? Jesus does something kind of funny and we don't need to overlook that and be like, he appeared among them. No, on the lake, they just said, it's a ghost. That was fun. Jesus appears and they're looking and okay, we were talking about it, but we hadn't seen it yet. No, everybody sees it and it's like, hmm. So Jesus goes, what's up? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Well, yeah. But you know, there's a lot of belief systems that talk about the spiritual world being different from the physical world. And there was a Gnostic belief at that time that talked about the total separation of the flesh and the separation of the spirit. And God said, blah, de blah, de blah. And Jesus said, yeah, I know, I was both. 
I'm the only both that's ever been, and I'm the only both that's ever will be. I was 100% divine, and now I'm 100% human. I have not returned in the spirit. I have not returned in the flesh. I have returned in the spirit and the flesh. I am not spiritually alive. This is my body. When he said this, he showed him his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe, because of joy and amazement, all right, now, now they've gone from fear to befuddled. All right, our hearts are telling us something. Our minds are telling us something. Our eyes are telling us something. Our emotions are all over the place. And so Jesus says, fine, you have anything to eat? You know why this is funny? You, you ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean, however you want to say it? What happens to the spirits when they come back, but they're not fully alive? They can't eat. Why? What happens? When they pour drinks down in them, what happens? The drink just and right out on the floor. The food just right out on the floor, all right? And that, that happens all the way from Scooby-Doo, every cartoon you've ever seen. The ghosts can't eat. You just say, always see the food inside them. Jesus says, all right, fine, give me some food. They gave him a piece of broiled fish. Lots of things happen when Jesus sits around over fish in a fire. Just saying. Take some notes. Maybe we all need to build our own little spit. Get some fish on a fire. Or we just need to go where Brother Les is this week and you know, join him. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll have a little more Jesus by the lakeside. I, I'm sure a lot of us would come to Jesus if we had church by the lake. But here we go. He took it and ate it in their presence, which I think is, I do. I, I think this is hilarious. He's showing, literally, the physical manifestation of his return. He's doing something that is 100% out of the spiritual realm. He's eating. He's causing his body to do internal things. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Jesus said, I told you so. You're not supposed to say that, but Jesus said, I told you so. But that's because everything Jesus tells so happens so, so he can't. He's allowed. Jesus is actually God. Jesus is actually allowed to be arrogant. It's not a trait we think about with God, but guess what? He's allowed. Do you know why? Because when he says he's perfect, he is. Truth works like that. I've told y'all before, but I haven't said it for a couple of years. I struggled with John Piper's phrase, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And the chief end of God is to glorify himself and enjoy himself forever. I struggled with that phrase for a long time because I don't worship an arrogant, prideful God. But it's not arrogance and it's not pride when God says, I am going to worship and I am going to cause you to worship the greatest being and the only being worth worshiping. And that being ha happens to be me. When Jesus says, follow me, he's saying all the way. He's the only person in all of existence that says, if you'll do everything I do the way that I do it, that's it. Why? Because he's perfect, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, 
God. And so God's cheap end is to bring glory to himself and enjoy himself forever. And he wants that for you. He wants that for you. And he says, I told you so. Everything that was written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Side note, only place the Psalms are mentioned. Only place the Psalms are mentioned. I know in the Gospels and maybe in the New Testament. But here's what Jesus is saying there. Find me. Find hope. Find life in the law. Find life in the prophets. Find life in the sermons. Find life in the gospels. Find life in the epistles. There's a marvelous story about a family who was sitting around the table and they used to read the Bible every day at a meal and they would pass it around. And as each kid got older, when they learned how to read, they would become included in, in, in the reading. All right. My grandparents used to read scripture before every dinner meal. They might've done it before every meal. They would open the Bible, they would read something, and then you ate every single time. Well, this particular family had a little two-year-old. She could not read yet, but one dinner, she goes, I want to read. And the you know, brother looked at her and said, no, you, it's not your turn. And I want to read. And the siblings, no, it's not your turn. You're not old enough. Mom and dad, honey, you know, I want to read. Fine, fine. So they put the Bible in front of her. She flips it open, pops her finger down on the, on the page, and she goes, God is love. God is love. God is love. And the, uh, the, the, one of the sons goes, see, she can't read. And the dad looks over and says, yeah, she can. If we all learned to read the Bible, we'd find God is love written on every page. You will find me if you seek me with all your heart. He's written in the law. He's written in the prophets. He's written in the gospels. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Then, this is huge. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. This could be a massively confusing verse. Could. It could be an incredibly prophetic verse. As I chewed on it, as I wrestled with it. I was like, he opened their minds. Well, were their minds closed? No, Craig, if you do that, you're doing what you tell people not to do all the time. Don't say because one thing happens, you assume another thing is different. Remember, if I say I like your shirt and your question is what's wrong with my shoes, you're doing it wrong. I didn't say anything about your shoes. Jesus didn't say whether there was opening or closing, we just know that he opened their minds. Maybe they had partially open. Maybe they were semi-open. 
Maybe some of them were not open. Maybe there were things in the way that, that, that blocked the opening. Here's what we know. He opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Listen to me. Up until this point in time, he's been with them. And we know from another gospel that when he leaves and he's about to give them the promise without all the description that's in John, God is sending a counselor, someone to help you understand the deluge of information, the deluge of power, the waterfall of, of, of what God grants us. But for this moment, he opens their minds so that they can comprehend, understand. This is what happens to, to pastors. This is what happens to the biblical phrase. My wife, sometimes she says, you know, you, you do know you're kind of a, a, a prophet in some ways. And I, I grew up Baptist, so that's really weird because some people call themselves prophets and they think prophets are future tellers and then there's prophecy. But, but listen, all a prophet does is they take God's, call God's message and turn around and share God's message and help others to understand and to comprehend that message, all right? You can have prophecy, that's a different thing, all right? But you can be a, an, an, an angel. Now, I'm not an angel per se, that's a totally different thing. And I'm certainly not an angel in the symbolic sense either, all right? And I'm not an angel in the movie sense, I don't have wings, right? But... You can do things, oh, bless him. He, he was a little angel, bless her. She's such a little angel, but it's different. So here's, here, here's the thing. What's getting ready to happen? We have to look at what has happened, but we have to understand this verse in the context of what's getting ready to happen. The one that the world needs to know has been in the world, right? But he's getting ready to as John says, go and prepare a place for us that where I am, you might be also. In Luke, he just rises, rises. All right, he's, and we're gonna get to that in a minute. It doesn't say that, but close. He's preparing them. He's preparing them to do what they've got to do so that you and I are sitting where you and I are sitting right now. Instead of him teaching and them responding, they now need to read understand and then extrapolate from the scriptures and be able to share. All authority has been given to you. I did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. If you read the scriptures, you can't ever fully comprehend them, but the closer you get and the more of my spirit you tap into and you can't get more of the spirit, you've got all of the spirit. It's just about how much you're tapping into. If you continue to tap into that, there will be more understanding. I'm almost 50 years old and man, men's ministry the last three weeks has been mind blowing. And we've been talking about when God says in John, I will send you the Holy Spirit and you will do greater things than me. What? 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 But that's his promise. And that promise is not moot. It is not void. It is not not happening because he's not powerful enough. It's not happening because we won't open ourselves to it but he opened their minds and they 
began to understand. And when they did, Peter wasn't just Peter. He was Cephas. He was the rock. He was the one who would preach the first sermon on the day of Pentecost once the Spirit came down and thousands of people would come to Christ. He is preparing them. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in, in his name to all nations. You are witnesses of these things. Listen, listen, listen. Here's how you comprehend not just the scriptures, but the scriptures about what you're seeing. I am letting you know that I told you what would happen from the beginning. I am letting you know that it is happening now. I am letting you know that through you, it will continue to happen. Wait, through me, we're going to do what? Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to understand what I said was going to come true came through. What I'm doing now is making it true. And what I'm going to do is also true. You need A, B is your proof. I'm standing here. C means go. Jesus was, he was not flipping a coin, but do you guys understand the, 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 what is the word? It's not fear because Jesus had no fear. But, 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 but he was putting a major responsibility in the hands of a few people in a big room. And he was laying it all out there. I'm giving you the ability to understand all that is written in the scriptures and all that is written in the scriptures is all you need yesterday, today, and forever. But today's coming to an end. You're going into tomorrow and I'm going somewhere else. Do you get it? And do you get it in such a way that you're willing to share it? I think all of us need to stop and listen. Do you get it? And do you get it in such a way that you're willing to share it? The next generation and every generation beyond depends on it. Had they walked out of that room and said, I'm not sure. You wouldn't be here. churches would not exist. I said it. I did it. Go do it. And you have the same power, same authority, and the same truth to make it happen, Captain. It's a loose translation, but it's close. I am going to send you what my father has promised. This is the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You're feeling empowered now because you've seen a ghost and it's not a ghost. And I have risen from the dead. That's a little bit of power, all right? You've got some power in your excitement. You've got some power in your joy. Don't we do that all the time? Have a revival. Everybody gets happy. You come down off the roller coaster. You wait for the next thing. Happy. No, no, no. I'm sending you someone that will be a constant voice, a constant counselor a constant authority giver. I'm sending you all you need and it will clothe you. It will cover you. It will make you unashamed. It will make you unafraid. When that happens, then go. And when he had led them out of the vicinity to Bethany, he, Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Come on. And he goes for a walk and he's thinking, and I, I, I would love, I would love to know between him saying, I, I'm sending you the spirit, wait on it, big things are about to happen. And he walks to Bethany. I wanna, I wanna know what Jesus is thinking right then. What's going through his head? Will they do it? Will they not do it? Will they do it? Will they not do it? Is this gonna work? Is it not gonna work? He knows, but remember, divine and human. And I'd be thinking all kinds of things. I'd just love to know what Jesus was thinking because then Jesus just kind of steps back. 
And he goes like this. And the Bible says, and he blessed them. And they're like, oh man, I love it when he does this. But while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Man, I love when Jesus says, what the? Come on, you know. You know every one of you if you got there. Don't just, don't just read the scriptures as if it's telling us a story. What would you think? What would you feel? How would you react? He's saying a prayer of blessing and he just, run. Wait, he was a ghost. Wait, he's not a ghost. Wait, is he a ghost? I mean, come on, you'd, you'd think it. But man, they had some decisions to make, didn't they? But they worshiped him. And they returned to Jerusalem. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what that means. They worshiped him. They, they, they gave all the praise, all the glory, no reservation. Then they what? Obeyed him. That's what that means. Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Fine. Don't know what's coming. Don't know when it's coming. Just know all he said was, wait for us in Jerusalem at the temple and I'm gonna clothe you and I'm gonna send you power. All right, let's go. Waiting on the, the tunic and a battery. I don't know. Let's, let's go. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. They obeyed and they waited. Do you know what the hardest part of Christianity is in doing it right? Waiting. I'm going to give you a job. All right. But I'm poor. I'm going to give you a husband. All right. <laughs> I'm 62. Yeah, well, you know, Sarah was 90. Here we go. Precedence has been set. So any of you ladies pushing 90, want to have any kids, you know, we'll pray about it. No, thank you. Don't you think Jesus had a lot of emotions and had a lot of thoughts in his mind that day, but don't you think he had a lot of fun too? I appeared. I saw the faces when they got it. I felt the joy when they comprehended it. I saw the light bulbs go off when they understood it. I watched them run. They saw me and I did a, you know, a trick, you know, I went up and they worshiped me and that's the way it's supposed to be. And they obeyed me and that's the way it's supposed to be. And we know because Luke also wrote Acts that they went and created the church because that's what they were supposed to do. What are you gonna do when you walk out of here? I was, I was headed down to Mexican place. I don't know what you're doing. That's okay. But there's more. So much more. And God wants so much more for you. He has given so much more to you. Will you keep it hidden? Pressed down? Tucked away? Or will you go? Be, do more because he lives.
<laughs> well, God, I never thought I'd be a little emotional because it was over. Um, God, you know my heart. And all of its imperfections. You know my struggle between apathy and laziness and discipline. You know my struggle between going and going full bore and, and, and going part way. You know my struggle between knowing exactly what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to live, how I'm supposed to live. And you also know the words of Paul are so true. The things I do not want to do, these things I do, and the things I want to do, these things I do not do. God, and you know that I struggle with how to lead because of all of those things. But I have faith. And because you're alive, any doubts that I have are washed away. Any inclination that I have that it can't be done are just blown out of the water. Your confidence, your power, your authority is all that I need. And so I do. I pray for a breakthrough. I pray for revival. I pray for healing. And I pray that greater things happen in Jesus' name. And I pray that for every person in this room. And I, God, with one, if just one, two, three, catch the wave. Worship, obey, and wait upon the Lord. You will bring the hope and the strength, and we will fly. In Jesus' name, and amen.